Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for what you've already done. And so, Lord, as we dive into this, Lord, we, we submit it to you. I submit it to you. And I say, Lord, I ask that you multiply it. Take that which I believe is the word that you've prepared. I ask you to just bless it and multiply it. To feed us. To give us what we need. To hear what we need to hear. To see what we need to see. To, to change the way we think so that we can go and be about our Father's business. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us, guides us, gives us utterance. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, take your Bibles and just say this with me real quick. This is my Bible. Come on, we can do better than that. This is my Bible. Not somebody else's. Mine. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. I believe everything in it. Even if I don't understand it, I still believe it. I determine to govern my life, what I think, what I say, and what I do according to this word in the name of Jesus. I believe I will receive everything you have for me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to go back to. I just got a couple of things I wanted to share with you this morning just to kind of pick up where we've been going on this journey. I thought the journey was going to be over, but come to find out the journey had just begun. Where'd everybody on the front row go? <laughs> You're the only one. Good, good job. Thank you for staying there. The Lord has just blessed you extra special this morning. Everybody else done abandon the front row. Joshua chapter 1. Hallelujah. So, we're going on a journey. We're, we're taking another journey. We started a journey that we thought was only going to last for six weeks, and now we're going on another journey. Now, how many of you know you can only go and walk in the steps that the Lord gives you and, and reveals to you in your life, in, the, in your job, in, your, in the process of time, you can only step where He shows you. So as a church, we've talked about what the Lord's been revealing to us and leading us how we're going to go. And so we've taken some very natural steps along that process as it pertains to the building and the property and we're praying through, uh, that, but that's the light that we had. I mean, you know, if you go any further than the light you got, you're going to be stumbling around in the dark. You get ahead of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to get ahead of the Holy Spirit. We want to be in line behind the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so we're taking those steps. And so it, for, whatever, uh, for whatever reason, it seems like Joshua is the word of the season. And it's not just here. It's not just with us, but it's everywhere. There's something about the people of God take, coming out of Egypt, okay, and in the desert. That's, that's, that's the scenario I believe the church has been. We've been in the desert. We've been wandering around. We've been looking, searching, 
And there's something inside of our hearts that's been like, Lord, there's a promised land you promised me. There's something that you declared to me that you said that I could have. There's people in New England that hadn't heard the gospel. Are you serious right now? There's people that need what we have. Lord, you've promised certain things for your children, and we haven't seen them. Am I the only one? You just haven't seen the manifestation of what God has put placed in your heart. I'm tired of being in the desert. And so the Lord is leading us. So there it is. Guys, there's the promised land. We're going after it. Well, that sounds good. And it makes for good preaching. I'm not staying in the desert no more. It does. It makes for good preaching. And it's exciting. And what's been taking place is exciting. And I'm so excited I could go bear hunting with a switch. You know what I'm saying? That's how excited I've been. But there comes a point where you've got to... You've got to take a step. So we've been taking steps. We took a step. We took another step. We've taken two steps this week, this past week, concerning some things. And it didn't pan out the way I thought it should pan out. And so what do I do? I just go back to the Lord. What we do as elders, we go back to the Lord. We say, all right, Lord, that doesn't change who we are, what we're doing. So we just keep going. We go to the light. We go as far as the light has gotten. So I want you to go to Joshua, back to chapter 1. My, my servant Moses is dead. Go therefore, arise, take the land. We all know that. Verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over the Jordan to go in and possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. You know... I remember a few years ago, there were some things that were happening with us personally. And uh, I just did not know what to... We, we did not know what to do with specific clarity. We were asking the Lord, but there was something that we... There was something, was a, a decision that we were trying to make. And no matter what we did, we just... It's like you didn't know what to do. And one of the men that's speaking to my life called me. And I was just... Bearing my heart. Any of you ever bared your heart? You know what I'm saying? And I said, I just, I know the Holy Spirit lives within me. I know I have the anointing. I know the Word of God. I know these things. But I just can't get clarity. I just don't know what to do. And he said to me, he said, you may not know what to do, but you know what not to do. And in knowing what not to do, is that not what we should do? So I didn't know what to do, but I knew what not to do. So in a sense, I knew what to do. Do you got me? Do you got all those to-dos? We may not know where we're going, but we know we can't stay where we're at. Come on now, that was worth a high amen somewhere, somewhere. We may not know where we're going. We may not have all the clarity. Because I'm going to show you right now, Joshua and them didn't. This generation, this thing that God is doing with the church, with the church today, we don't know where we're going. You know why? Because we're not supposed to know. Because we haven't been here before. We believe this is the end times. We believe that we're going to 
possibly our generation or the, the, our children's generation will in, usher in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There ain't no playbook for this one, ladies and gentlemen. That scares religious churchy folk because they like agendas, to-do lists, and things that you can check off. I've done that, done that, done that. We don't like that. But I'm fixing to show you right now, if you're going to inherit the promised land, if you're going to grab a hold of everything that God has called you and promised you, there is no playbook. There's one rule and one rule only. It's called follow the Holy Spirit. Prepare. That word just kind of stuck out to me. It's a verb. Listen to what it means. It's a verb meaning to set up, to make firm, to establish. The primary action of this verb is to cause to stand in an upright position, and thus the word also means fixed or steadfast. It signifies the action of setting in place. So we're on this journey. We know the Lord's called us. We know He's calling us to cross over the Jordan and go in the promised land. So what do we do? The Lord said, prepare, get ready. See, faith prepares. We don't even know where we're going. It don't matter. Pack your junk. Pack your stuff up. I start to say, pack your junk. Pack your stuff up because we're going. Prepare. Make provision. Do whatever you need to do to get ready because we cannot stay where we're at. I'm not just talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, mentally, every way you can think of. We've got to go because this generation, you're telling me that out of 20, what would you say, 28 students, only three of them? They, don't, they didn't grow up. The church was in the desert. There's something about preparation that we need to take hold of that will take us to the place that he's called. But listen, you, we're not, listen let me just go ahead and tell you right now because I've had people go, where are we going? I don't know. I know one thing. We're going over there. Well, where's there? There. Not here. That's right. It's not here. Where are we going? Not here. What, what do you mean? I mean, I'm telling you, the church is not going to be the same. It's not the same. Things are not going to be done the same. Joshua chapter 3. Preparation time is never wasted time. I mean, it, it tries our flesh, but it is never. Preparation time is never wasted time. Do you know how many golf balls... Those guys hit before they showed up in Augusta to try to put on that green jacket. Do you know how many rounds of golf they played? I mean, they played four rounds of golf in four days with how many hundreds of people? That was in a long day, a long four days. But do you know the work that they put into, the preparation they put into before they ever showed up in Augusta to win that green jacket? Sergio Garcia was playing golf when I first started playing golf, and I, I, I acquired this desire, this, this I liked golf. I never liked any other sport other than baseball, but I was terrible at it. Don't even go to basketball. Lord knows I couldn't shoot nothing, but unless it's got a gun on the other end, I could shoot that. I couldn't shoot baskets. I couldn't shoot. I couldn't do none of that. Couldn't play. I didn't want to play football because I just got angry. And I, I, I tried baseball, but I couldn't. But golf was the one thing that I, I attracted me to golf because I could do golf. 
because it was something about golf, and I took a golf class. And I remember Sergio Garcia starting then. That was some 15 years ago. Yeah. So Sergio, and 15 years, somebody say 15 years. He's prepared and went time after time after time after time, and something took place two weekends ago. What happened? The preparation time that he's been was never wasted because he got to put on that green jacket that he's wanted for all these years. Preparation time is never wasted time. Turn to your neighbor and say, prepare. Get ready. Like TDJs, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Chapter 3. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning. Now, they had already sent two spies out to spy out the land. So the first thing that Joshua did when he knew it was time to go was he delegated. He didn't delegate because he didn't want to do it. He delegated because he knew he couldn't. There was other men that was qualified that God had given him. He found two men and he said, go and get ready. Tell everybody to get ready. And he sent two men out to go and spy out the land. What's the next thing he did? So they come back. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and they set out for Asai Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Guys, I like this translation. It says, you shall leave your position and follow it. Somebody say resign. Resign. You can't stay here and go there. Not, as much as we are like him, we are not omnipotent and omnipresent. We cannot stay here and go there. Joshua comes and he said, now listen, up until that point, the children of Israel had been led by the Spirit of, the Spirit of God dwelled in the midst of them. And they were led by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. They were led by the spectacular. So many times in our young Christian life growing up, the Lord will lead us by spectacular things. But so much, if we're not careful, we'll miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. The supernatural is just that. It is supernatural. Sometimes it is very spectacular, but it is always powerful. When Jesus showed up on the scene, that was very supernatural. He was born of a virgin. Nobody else can claim that. That was very spectacular. It was very supernatural, but because it wasn't spectacular, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people of those days, they missed it. Don't miss the supernatural in your life because you're always looking for the spectacular. Look for the supernatural. Look for the Spirit of God. Look for the fingerprint of God to be on it. And let me, let me tell you something right now. Smoke and lights and fireworks... Is not an indication that God, that's just an indication that there was a lot of preparation, a lot of stuff going into. But the smoke and the lights and the crowds and all that 
can accompany the supernatural. But don't let the God's not going to let you put him in a box. He's certainly not going to let me put him in a box because every time I try to put him in a box, he goes, what box? Don't put me in a box. So up until that point, they had been led, the Spirit of God had been within them. The Ark of the Covenant that housed the Spirit of the Lord had been in the middle. They were led by very spectacular, specific things. They knew they had to do it, and they wandered around the desert because they couldn't get their heart right, they couldn't grow up, they wouldn't mature, and finally, they reached the limit. So all those people had gone. Now the new generation was here. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm the new generation. I ain't the old generation. And he comes down and he says, now, the Ark of the Covenant, which houses the presence of the Lord, is going to go before you. Mm. It's going to go before you. And when you see the presence leave, what are you supposed to do? We're supposed to leave with it. See, part of resigning, part of moving is resigning. I'm no longer going to be led by these events. Because in order for me to go to the promise, see the promised land is not inherited by the immature. The promised land is not inherited by the childish. The promised land is inherited by sons and daughters who understand and follow the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit. I tell my girls all the time, I say, you knew you weren't supposed to do that. And they go, yeah, because the Holy Spirit said, <laughs> and so now that's the thing around our house. They go, Daddy, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> what do I mean? There's something inside of you, your seamer just goes, <laughs> it's not always this dramatic, it's just, <laughs> you just, man, I just don't feel right. I mean, I feel like I'm up here taking a shower with my socks on. I mean, it just feels awkward. You're not to be led by circumstances. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 or verse 10 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. you got to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit resides within you. He is in you and on you and through you. You've got to be led by that. You can't be led by a pillar of fire and cloud by night. You can't do that because those days are over. That's why the church has to change what we're doing because that ship has sailed. You remember Pastor L.A. a few months? He said that ship has sailed. Listen, guys, this culture is different. I'm on the campus of ABAC walking around. They're different than when I was in college. Are they different? The, 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 the footprint, the fingerprint of the uh, evangelical church on college campuses has dried up since I was in college. A little trickle maybe left. When I was in college a few years ago, when I was in college and I was going to VSU, we had campus outreach. And I mean, every Thursday night we'd show up and there would be at least a hundred college students. And every summer there would be 
about 120 of us that would go down to the beach for 10 weeks and learn and grow in our relationship with the Lord and share the gospel. 120. And this organization has 150 across the world? There's something about these college campuses. I don't even know. I mean, it's always been something that's been on our heart. I just refuse to let go of it. I don't even know what it's going to look like. But I'm telling you, the, co- the young people, the younger generation, that's where the key is because they're the future influencers of the world. And that's what we... We can't influence nothing if we don't influence them. We'll stay in that... In, uh, 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 churches, I've heard about a church today that got so bad that they refused to change and so they just begin to die because they wouldn't do they wanted just to keep everything in their little cubicle and that was it guys this message was never meant to sit here it's meant to go it's meant to go to such a degree where you just walk up to people and you just love on them how you doing it's good to meet you You've got to go and take that presence with them. We've got to go. It's not even so much that we, that we are demonstrating some religiousness. Just be who you are. You hear something come out of somebody's mouth, contradict it in love and bless them. I mean, they're looking for somebody to love them. Man, I'm just broke. Man, you ain't got to be broke here. How much you need? You going to tell me that they won't sit there and listen to you then? College students always hungry. I know. I mean, I'm 40, and I'm still always hungry. Can I get a witness? I'm hungry now. Hurry up, preach. I'm ready to go home and eat. I'm hungry. Feed them. Love them. Listen, we can't do things the way we've done them before. We've got to go. And I don't know exactly how everything's going to look, but I know we can't stay where we're at. We've got to follow Him. Why? Because he said, listen, verse 4 of chapter 3, that yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why we got to put so much space? (laughs) Why did you, I mean... I don't know. When I read, I ask the Lord questions like this because I don't understand it. You can read commentaries, and that's good, but I I couldn't find anybody. I looked and looked and looked. I couldn't find anybody, any commentary that would address the distance other than one commentary who said the reason was because God's a holy God and he wanted to keep proper distance from sinful man. I said, well, that don't make no sense, Mr. Commentary. Because just three days earlier, the presence of God was smack dab in the middle of their sinfulness. So that didn't make no sense. Why the gap? Why the space? And it was specific. You shall not, you shall not get ahead of it. You shall not run up to it. You shall keep a space of uh, 2,000 cubits. Well, some folks say somewhere close to a mile. So we're supposed to be a mile away from the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, that is not even, I don't even understand that. Why? And he said, son, he said, listen to me. He said, you need distance between you and what the Spirit of the Lord's doing because the Spirit of the Lord is always going ahead of you. And the Spirit of the Lord is always preparing. You need adequate time to pray through 
and to sense and to discern what it is the Holy Spirit is actually wanting you to do. Because if you get ahead of yourself, you step outside of the Holy Spirit. You get ahead of, I don't want to be ahead of the Holy Spirit. I want to be right behind Him where He's going, leading me left and right, left and right. This is the way, walk in it. But see, that requires patience. And it's not spectacular. Come on, Lord, couldn't you just send some fire down from heaven? And this is the Lord shows up and says, and fire and fires everywhere and smoke and said, this is what I want you to do. No, because that's what children need. He's not raising children. This isn't a nursery. This is an army. Guys, he is, he is preparing us for battle. People that are led by those spectacular things, when the heat gets on and the giants over there in the promised land, they're not going to fight. They're going to run because they thought it was full of teddy bears and Skittles. Remember that cloudy with a chance of meatballs? You know, cartoon that they made movie. My girls love that movie where they had them giant gummy bears, you know. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Go back and get the kids, bring them in here. They'll know what I'm talking about. Listen, the promised land is full of giants. And up until that point, they had been provided by supernaturally. Manna had fell down. But the minute they crossed over the Jordan, you know what happened? It dried up. Because it said, no longer will I feed you this way. Now you will plant and take and do what I've called you to do and anointed you to do. Guys, he's raising on. We can't stay in the desert because that's nursery. He's calling us to go and prepare and get ready. He's calling us to go and to take and possess the land. We got to take it. But you and I got to get that mindset. I mean, every place, he told me, every place that the sole of my foot tread, he's given to me. I'm, I'm, I'm walking around now and I'm saying, okay, Lord, I don't understand all this. You're going to have to show me. What does that mean? That means every time I set foot somewhere, it's mine. I mean, it is. It's yours too. It's ours. And it was ironic because Cornell talked about Ezekiel speaking to the dry bones. Listen, it ain't pretty out there. The land is beautiful, but the people in it, mm, they need Jesus. And they dry. Prophesy to those dry bones. I mean, you carry around with you the very essence of heaven. So when you walk into any given situation, people and their flesh and their spirits especially should respond to what's inside of you, whether you recognize it or not. Now, you get that mentality. We get that mentality in our minds. Every time we walk into Kentucky Fried Chicken, things will change. I'm not saying that revival is going to break out, but when you leave, they'll notice when you came and they'll notice when you left. That's what he designed. When Jesus walked into place, they knew it. The spirits that were in operation, they recognized it. You have in you and me the same power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, in this mortal, fleshly, sinful, as if sin scares God. As if, well, that's too dirty, I can't. No, He already covered your sinfulness, took care of it with the blood of Jesus, and so now we house, we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. I don't even understand all there is to know about that. Where's Mr. Timmy? I don't understand all I know about that. 
I don't. But what I do know is that there's more in us than what we realize. And to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit means we're going to have to resign. You're going to have to turn in your resignation letter. That's my challenge this morning. That's what I tried to build everything up to get to that point. You're going to have to resign your position. We're talking about, I got, some, I got something we're going to do in just a minute. But uh, I wanted to take you to Romans chapter 8. Before we get to, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, I want you to notice that he's drilling into them the freedom from the indwelling sin. Verse 1 says, There's therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now the second part of that verse is not in the original manuscripts. There's a period after Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. Mic drop. That's it. No ifs, ands, buts about it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, condemnation and living in the reality of what God has put and done for us is different from us actually walking it out. The manifestation of what the reality is is different from the reality. You can have the reality and the, manif- the, the actual knowledge of that be truth, but you not walk in it. That's two different things. It's not about walking in it. It's about it's already done. That's why there's a big old period right there at the end. There is no condemnation. Turn to your neighbor and say, there ain't no condemnation. There isn't or ain't. Whichever one you want to use, there ain't. Not, nary, any. There is not any, no more, no longer condemnation for those. So stop letting people throw that junk on you. Some people have the ministry and the anointing of condemnation. And it, it seems like the ministry of condemnation and the anointing of condemnation it comes along with the anointing of judgment. Judgment and condemnation follow. So when someone tries to put judgment on you, say, don't judge me. You're not God. <laughs> I, tell the girls, I tell the girls all the time. I said, listen, you, you're not their mama. Stop, talk, try, stop trying to tell her what to do. You're not her mama or her daddy. <laughs> and so Brimber and she's five, love this child. She don't put up with nothing. She'll look at them and go, you're not my mama. People who bring that judgment and bring that condemnation, tell them, you're not my daddy. Who died and made you God? Who died and put you the throne above all thrones that could convict the world and judge the world? No, he already did that. He judged him and his name was Jesus. The ministry of condemnation. Don't let that stuff get on you. But the whole idea of being led by the Spirit of God is moving out of this mentality and this place that we've been all this lot, all these years where it's always been done this way. No, pillar of fire and cloud by day is over. We are to be led to follow the Spirit of the Lord. Even as I preach, even as I minister, even as I talk, I'm endeavoring to listen to the Spirit of God because I may have notes, but He may want to say something different. The whole orchestration of this morning was not prearranged. Everything that took place this morning was out of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we're passing out this letter of resignation. I want to read it together. 
I don't know, there's something about a visual aid. Sometimes let me have one because I don't think I printed myself one. We're going to resign this morning. Now don't do it if you don't want to because I don't want you to. What I'm saying to you is the days of passive Christianity and old religion are over. If there's one thing that I know that the Lord is saying to us, it's that. Guys, the Lord has taken us on a new journey. He's taken us to a different place. And that place is based on position of relationship. It's not based on performance. The place, the journey, the promised land is about, is about understanding your relationship with the Lord. To whom it may concern. Yeah, come on up. Before I read this, I'm going to let April share <clears throat> what the Lord did with us in, this, in getting this ready and how He spoke to both of us individually and then together. We were spending the week, we were spending the week praying for the church. And I heard the Lord say, have you ever experienced someone that does a lot of grumbling about their job? Have you ever experienced being around someone that all they want to do, it, it might be at work, it might be at work, it might be you, it might be your coworker, it might be your mama, but you just steady hearing them complain about the job that they have at their job. Well, I heard the Lord say, I want you to take that and I want you to envision that in the same way that you yourself, you your spouse, you your parent, you your whatever it be, who you work with, I want you to envision that in the same way that you hear them complaining and grumbling about someone else. I want you to take that and I want you to envision the way someone grumbles and complains about how they're not healthy. I want you to take that and envision it the same way somebody grumbles about how they have no finances. And I heard the Lord say about 65 times as he was saying this, he would say a word, then the next word I heard him say was resign. He would say, if you don't like that you're not healthy, resign. He would say, if you don't like that you're not wealthy, then resign. He would say, if you don't like and you don't see and you don't believe in what it is you're grumbling about, then resign. I just kept hearing resign, resign. The word of the Lord that he had for the church was to resign. And so I wrote, I was writing all this down and I just heard the Lord say that what happens is when you take on that grumbling, you take it on like it's your job. You take it on as if it is yours, as if you are that. And if we don't resign from that, then how can we go forward? We'll just be continuing to take all of this that really is just religiousness. And you're not going to be able to go forward because it's going to hold you back. And you're not going to be able to do what God's called you to do because you're going to be stuck in grumbling. And you're not going to be able to, to see prayer manifest in your children's children because you're grumbling about what your children are doing. And so I just kept hearing the Lord say, resign, resign. And so whenever we were talking about what God was showing us, he said at the same time, he said, well, let me tell you what God showed me. God showed me a resign letter. 
And he showed me all of us filling out this resign, this resignation letter and, and, and giving no power to the enemy, but giving glory to God and being able to say, you know what? I am wanting to go. I want to go further. I want to be further. I want to be more. I want to see more. I want to accomplish more. I want to pray more. I want to, to be what it is that I'm called to be instead of stuck in the grumble. And he said, I just see all these resignation letters up at the altar before the Lord. And I was like, wow, God, that is so awesome how you just, you know, took one word and you brought such power to it. So that's why in preparation for this message, Lawrence felt like this is not something to do just to say, oh, we had something to do. But that I want you to, before he reads this and before you see what this is, just know what resigning means. Resigning means to not only turn from one thing to enter into something else, but it also, it also means to let go, mm. to let go of. And if you're going to fill this out and you're going to say this and you're going to be this, you need to know that if you let that go, you can't go back and get that. You can't go back and get that thing. You can't beg for it back. You can't enter back into what it was. It's like if you donate all your clothes to the goodwill, well, that place is up and popping on Saturday morning. You're not, you go back there, those clothes are not going to be there. And if you walk through town, guess what? You're probably not going to see those clothes because they get gone. They are gone. And I just heard the Lord say to really listen to what Pastor Lawrence is saying about what this resignation letter is for and to really believe that you're going to see the manifestation of this. You're going to see this yes. thing come to pass because the enemy is going to come. He's going to start knocking. Because the very moment that we got this word, the very moment we got this word, four days later, somebody comes up to me and says, guess what? Such and such is talking about you from five years ago. Such and such has got such and such to say about you from five years because there's an the enemy. What did you resign from? Because such and such is talking about you. Don't you want to talk about them? Don't you want to say, don't you want to blow up on Facebook? Don't you want to just like go calling everybody and just like rebuking her? Don't you want to, here's the enemy knocking. And I just had to say, you know what? I resign. I resign. Yes. I resign from my mind being able to go to that place. And I pray for that person and just just know, I'm just letting you know, you fill this out, he's going to start knocking. He might start knocking as you're filling it out to not fill it out. He might start knocking the moment you get in that car with your spouse and y'all try to figure out what you want to eat, and you don't want to eat that. And he's going to start knocking. <laughs> so I'm just preparing you. He might already be knocking. Stand to your feet. With your letter. Now listen, this is, this is significant. This isn't, there's something about you taking an action step. This is part of that preparation that we were talking about at the beginning. This is preparation. See, you doing this is you exercising your faith. And 
Paul said, you show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Well, well, you might forget about that and go, yeah, but it doesn't, because what you're doing right now is a step. Don't let this enemy minimize the steps of obedience that's required you. This is, a, this is a step, and then it'll take you on another step, and then it'll take you on another step. God's church is not going to look the same it's looked. It can't. It's got to change, and it is changing because His gospel the gospel of the kingdom has got to go throughout all the world. And he's coming back for a spotless bride, not an abused, whipped up, broken down bride. So I want to read this to you. So I didn't have to, because I, anyway, long story short. I didn't have the format to do it the way that I wanted. So down here on the bottom, I want you to write down what it is you're resigning from. What are you resigning from? An old mentality? Uh, because I got news for you. Every one of you in here got to resign from something. Because it says that we carry this treasure in earthen vessels and we are being saved. We are walking through renewing of the mind, this process of something that we're resigning. Maybe it's an old mindset. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's you think you got all the answers. Maybe it's, maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that you don't think you're good enough. You don't think you're worthy enough. It could be both ends of the spectrum. To whom it may concern. I hereby inform you that effective immediately I tender my resignation from this place. I made this decision by the direction of the Holy Spirit and in obedience with my Father's word. I believe this is a strategic decision that will take me into all the places my Father has given to me. I've made my decision because I can't stay in this place any longer. The uncertainty of what's ahead is more exciting than the comfort of staying where I'm at. I may not know exactly where I'm going, but I know where I can't stay. The burden of His call requires that I step out in faith in the name of Jesus. Best wishes, the chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. Who are the ones that are chosen? The ones that answer the call. The ones that show up. So what is it you're resigning from? I heard the Lord say, Sandra, that you are resigning today of allowing the enemy to keep you in bondage of the uncertain. The uncertainty of if your children will fulfill the will that God has for their life. The uncertainty of knowing if they will not be walking in sin. The uncertainty of knowing will the enemy kill, steal, or destroy them. I hear the Lord saying for you, Sandra, today you are to resign, and that is to be final. You are to resign, and you are to say, I am of a sound mind. I resign to this, and I enter into having a sound mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't forget to sign it. What are you resigning from? So Father, in the name of Jesus, as an act of faith, I place my resignation on the altar. I say I refuse. Come on up as you feel led. Come on up. You can put it on the altar if you want to. Or you can keep it. Think about it. Whatever you want to do. I just believe that there's a response that needs to take place for us. 
Father, we want to resign from everything, everything that looks and feels and has the aroma of what it used to look like. We want to resign from the state of mind that has always kept us in bondage in that desert, weary, wilderness place. We're not going to be dry anymore. We're not going to go after things the way we've always gone after them. Because we've not been in this place before. We've not been this way before. So we vow to resign the way we used to do things and the way we used to be led. And now we just say we're going to be led by the Spirit of God that lives within us. In the name of Jesus. Listen, don't let that junk try to come back on you. Don't let it try to come back on you and put you into bondage. This is a new day. This is a new season. We're going to do we're going to evangelize new ways. We're going to evangelize differently. People are getting saved off of Instagram. Now, I mean, at some point you got to have a relationship. You can't just have a relationship, a 30-second relationship with a pastor that does a little on Instagram. You got to have some type of relationship. But my God, if that's get you in the door, let's use it. I mean, Peter walked to him and the guy said, You guys got any money? And Peter said, Look, boss man. We don't have none. But I got something. What I got, I'll give it to you. Guys, do you understand that in the common interactions of our life day to day, I mean, Langston and I, we get to talking about these common interactions and we're seeing, we're narrowing it down to the fact that there's probably 30, in his line, there's probably 30 to 50 divine appointments a day that he misses, potentially. How many interactions commonly do we have where people ask us for stuff and instead of saying, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I, I mean, sometimes it's just a prayer. Sometimes it's just a smile. Sometimes it's just you hugging on somebody and say, I don't know why, but there's something in me that wants you to know that God loves you. And then you just walk away. Those interactions every day, that's the promised land. These dry bones is us prophesying to people. Casey was telling me the other day about these, these interactions that he's having with people and the miraculous things that are taking place in everyday life. In laying tile. You mean Jesus can meet you when you lay tile? How many interactions do we have a day? How many things are, are, are happening in our life every day? And because we've had this wrong mindset, no, I'm resigning from that. I, I don't want that no more. Don't try to put me in a box. What box? I don't want to be in a box. I want to be right where the Spirit of the Lord is leading me to go. Amen? Stand to your feet one more time. You got anything you want? Father, in the name of Jesus, stretch your hands for the Lord. We thank you for these resignation letters. We're going to take them and burn them. Throw them away. 
we will not pick them back up. I don't want that job no more. Everybody always told me you shouldn't quit a job before you had a new job. Yeah, but that's not the kingdom of God. That's what I hear the Lord saying. The kingdom of God is you quit your job and you don't even know where your other job is going to be because he's telling you to do it. Father, we will obey. Say that with me. I will obey the Holy Spirit. I will prepare, I have resigned, and now I will follow your spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for releasing that. There's something that happened today as we released and we stepped out and we resigned. There's something that I believe that is happening right now in the name of Jesus that you are stepping out in areas that you've never stepped out before. Now stand back and watch the deliverance of the Lord take place in your life. I want to close with this. Because it just... Don't settle for less than what Jesus died to give you. Boy, I ain't even going to tell you who that came from. Don't settle for less than what Jesus, the Son of the living God, died to give us, to bless us with. No, no, no. We're an army. Listen, this isn't a nursery. We're an army. And He is doing something with us in this, that we are taking a step and we are going to go possess all the young people in Tifton. We're going after ABAC. We're going after the people. We're going after them. In everyday life, we're going after them. Aren't you tired of the enemy just winning, it seems like? I know I am. I'm tired of seeing people just, they don't even know what to do. And I'm like, you, just come, just come eat dinner with us. Just come sit down and eat dinner with us and let us just talk with you. Because what you're doing ain't working. And we know it ain't working. God's got something better for them. And it's you. You're the package that he's sending by them to tell them. Come on. Are you, are you, we already turned in the resignation, so you're jobless. You're, you're unemployed. Will you walk with me and let's go speak and prophesy to these dry bones? Let's go get them. Starting today. For some of you, this is going to be a big step. Some of you are going to be like, what? Start today. All right, Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. So as we leave this place today, you are ordering our steps. So when we come in contact with people that need a smile, that need some gas, that need some food, that you will impress upon us, raise your hand and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. She said, prepare. Look at the harvest. It's right. But the next verse says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. So Lord, we pray for laborers that you send into the harvest. But guess what? While you're praying that prayer, you're the answer that someone else is praying about for someone in their life. So you're a laborer. I'm a laborer. And I'm going to go. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you go ahead and close this up? When I saw Lawrence saying, you can't turn back.
You've already resigned. There's no turning back. I just saw the Lord standing there, and he was putting our armor on all of us. He was putting every piece of armor on us, and it, and it reminded me of when the time I heard someone say that they were studying out the armor, and they said, well, Lord, there's nothing for your back. And I just heard the Lord say, because we were not created to turn our backs away from that thing which stands before us to try to tell us that it is the winner over us. We were not created to turn our backs on God. We were not created to turn our back from war. We were not created to turn our back from fear, from the things that startle us, that stare us, from the unknown. We were not, we were not created to turn our backs from the things that are not seen. That we were created to be able to charge, to charge through, to charge through with power, with authority, with might, and not be needing to turn around. So that's why he didn't create anything for your back. Because that's not where it's at. It is full frontage. Full force. So right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for these, your people, that came and they resigned today. They resigned of the things that the enemy has tried to place on them to tell them that that is their job, that that is what they are entitled to, that's what that they are. No, we say, as your children, Father God, we resign from the things that are not of you. And we say, Father God, we thank you that you have placed all of the armor on us so that we can fully charge through and go and go and go and go and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Listen, before you dismiss, let me say this. Wednesday nights have been a little different than what they've been in the past. We're transitioning. We're, we're going into the promise. So... It's not altogether clear what is going to happen as we transpire. All we know is that we're meeting together, we're praying together, and we're fellowship. Wednesday nights has been a good time of fellowship. So we're fellowship, we're getting the word, we're giving testimonies. I mean, he's been doing some great things that's been different. So I just encourage you to come on Wednesday nights and join us for fellowship. We stay out there in the, in the lobby and we, I mean, who don't want some donuts and some coffee and some fruit? Sometimes we get fruit. Most of the time it's donut and sugar. But what I'm saying is it's fellowship and we fellowship. Then we come in here and we talk, we, we pray, we, we talk to one another. So it's just been really good. I encourage you, those are intimate times that we need together. That's, that's doing church. That's not the norm. We're doing something different on Wednesday nights. So come, we're, we're going to take steps of faith as the Lord shows us. But I just wanted to encourage you to come. Amen. Now go, you're released. Go in advance for the kingdom of God.